brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Another episode of Bull Court Press brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What up, Luke? Not much, man. Been a while since I've uh, been on the show, so happy to be back on. Indeed, sir. Happy to have you back on. And uh, joining us in a little bit will be Joel Jimenez. Uh, he is running a little bit behind. The man has a wife. He's got a baby. Um, so, you know, like things come up. He's got uh, father shit to deal with. Um, <laughs> and that may be uh, literal or metaphorical. Uh, who's to say? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, I, like, I love how like I crack myself up with my uh, um, shitty dad jokes. Um, and I'm not even a dad. Some great dad jokes for future. Right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna be a great father, like if if dad jokes are any indication. <laughs> like, um, but anyway, we're gonna uh, jump into our topics, uh, and hopefully, uh, Joel will 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 get on before we get through with the first one, um, or you know, the first couple. Um, but anyway, we got a a few fan. Uh, we're we're entitling this episode "Fan Mail Volume One." We had four questions that uh, some fans wanted us to address. Um, so we're going to uh, tackle those first. Uh, and the first of which being, and I promise I did not send this via a burner account. Um, this was not me. Um, this was just a, a fan who uh, sent uh, Joel uh, this question. Uh, so John Collins, he's been a beast for the Hawks uh, since returning uh, to the court. Uh, and he's even catching some all-star buzz. Um, basically, the fan just wanted us to talk about John Collins. One, is he a candidate for most improved player? Um, and, and two, just, just kind of discuss what Collins means to this Atlanta Hawks team. Um, Luke, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you – I'm going to give you the floor um, and then uh, maybe try to fill in any gaps that, um, that, I, that I see um, – uh, from from you know your thoughts on the matter, but uh, what what do you think about John Collins? Is he a candidate for uh, MIP? Um, and and what do you see that he means to this Hawks team? No, I mean I love John Collins. I mean I've loved him since day one. I just think he's just a high energy player, just very explosive, springy, gets after the ball. So I've always you know enjoyed that from um, Collins, great basketball player, just uh, one of those kids that. Waited a little bit in college and then came out and just just ready for the NBA. Just knew exactly what to do and all that. Um, for a uh, case for um, most approved player, I mean, he just keeps on furthering my point that this could be the hardest year 
to pick like one solid candidate. I mean, it's yeah. funny when Joel sent us those ESPN things. It was just like ESPN who they thought, and the one like category that was not in there was most improved player because ESPN was yeah. even like, like they were like, I don't right fucking now. know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like every other person here's six man on it. Most improved, nah, man, that's not a category right now. Like we're not worried about that. <laughs> but it just it, it makes it tough because like you're saying like. Collins is having a great year. I mean, yeah, he was out for a couple of games, but, you know, I don't think in the long run it's going to have that big of an effect if he keeps on playing at the rate he's playing. Um, it just – they might come into a factor that his team's not doing as successful when another player, right. like maybe like a Sabonis, you know, the team keeps it up and he still has a big reason to that. And all so there's just other players out there that also have a great run at this. I mean, Derrick Rose could even come back. I mean, he's having a really good year this year. So, it comes to mind, but Collins, I mean, just – I think he he means a lot to the Hawks and what their plan is in the future. And, like, it, it hurts me to say this and all that because, I mean, I hear, like, a lot of Hawks fans saying, but, like, tank for Zion, I wouldn't want to do that because I feel like that takes away from everything that Collins is just because Ooh, that's exactly that's where he's going. Name. I mean – because you are you going to slide him down at the five slot? I mean, he's not a true. No, I'm going to put. I'm going to put. I'm going to put Zion at the five. You put Zion at the five. Okay, I mean, I will. That case, yeah, I, but, I but absolutely I just, will, and I'll make the case for you in a second. But finish up your thought. Okay, I was just going to say I just wouldn't want to take away from the spacing that the Hawks give Collins, and just he sure. just has free roam at it. He knows how to. Like ball hawk, he gets after the ball. He's always just going yeah. after rebounds and all that. I mean, it's what you want out of a young player. I mean, and the more him and Trey Young play, the better they're going to get and all that. Yeah. So I just, I mean, there's nothing like you can say negative about John Collins and what he's done. The you know his first first two seasons. No, I mean there really isn't, and and like the the fact that we got him at number nineteen overall, he was. Um, and he was projected as like a, um, like a late lottery pick, like twelve to fifteen in most mock mocks, um, and and on most player boards. And he slipped to nineteen. I feel like because people were maybe concerned, like where does he fit? Like he's six ten. Um, he's not quite big enough to play the five, but like. Can he play the four in today's NBA? Like, and I think a lot of um, a lot of teams were just like not sure, uh, and, and so we ended up getting him at 19. And like, essentially, he is, you know, basically proving that not only can he play the four very well, and that's where he should play. I do not want to put John Collins at the five. Um, I think he plays best as a power forward. Um, and he is a little bit of an old-school power forward, but the guy can shoot. Like, he is not a bad shooter. He is shooting 33% from three-point range um, uh, over uh, this year and last year. Like, he's he's been pretty constant um, in that. He shot uh, 34% last year. He's currently shooting 33.3%, so exactly he's one of three from three. Um, and that's fine. Like, I mean, for for a guy in his position at this stage in his career, um, that, that that I'm totally fine with that uh, that clip. 
Um, I definitely hope it gets better uh, over his career, and I think it will. Um, but he he's a reasonably good three-point shooter, um, and he is taking a lot more than he did last year. He um, only took .6 attempts per game last year. Uh, he's up to 2.3 already uh, per game this year. Um, so that's, that's, that's a good increase in the amount of threes that he's taking. The majority of his stats are pretty congruent when, with what they were last year. Uh, 50, uh, 57% from the field, which is, I mean, essentially he's down 0.5% from last year in that regard. Uh, his three-point percentage is, is pretty close to the same. His two-point percentage, uh, a little better this year, but but overall pretty close. His uh, effective field goal percentage, a little better, like 1% better than it was last year. His free throw percentage, 0.002%, or I'm sorry, 0.2% worse than it was last year. Like, all of his stats are, like, pretty much, like, what he got last year. They're just playing him more. Um, and, and that's benefiting him exponentially just to be playing more. He is um, averaging a double-double, got 18.6 points per game, 10.6 rebounds per game, 2.4 assists per game. Um, he, he could probably stand to get a few more blocks. Last year he averaged 1.1 blocks per game. This year he's only averaging 0.4. I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with – how they're playing him this year versus how Bud played him last year. Um, Bud wanted to use him more as a uh, paint protector. Pierce kind of seems like he wants to use him. Uh, he runs a completely different defensive scheme, but also seems like he wants to switch him a lot more and 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 you know have him have him guard wing players a lot more, which he's very capable of doing. So. You know, but overall, like his stats are, are pretty much what they were last year. He's getting way more minutes. He's getting six more minutes a game. He's getting more touches. He is uh, currently getting six more shot attempts a game than he did last year. And all of this too, he is like they're not running offensive plays for him. Like he is getting these in the most genuine way possible. He is crashing the boards, like you said, Luke. He goes after the ball. He's averaging um, 3.3 more rebounds per game this season. He's averaging 1.5 more offensive rebounds this season. And, like, he just – he seems like he's just evolving as a rebounder, and that is going to be the biggest thing for him is putting him in a position to crash the board and get rebounds and get putbacks because that is what this guy – um, is made to do. He also catches lobs very well. He's a very um, decent uh, catch-and-shoot um, corner three guy. Uh, he, he's just got so many assets that uh, warrant, um, like, pretty much any team wanting him. And, like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really glad the Hawks got him. He's definitely a candidate for most improved player. Uh, like, there are so many candidates out there but um, but he's definitely one of those candidates. Um, I I can't I can't have him as my number one simply because, like I said, like his his stats are are very um, close to what they were last year across the board. Um, he's just getting the more touches. He's getting more rebounds, which is 
getting him more touches. Um, so that is very important. Um, but there's just there's probably a few too many. I mean, I don't think I in, in good conscience can't put him a, above a guy like De'Aaron Fox right now, who's like really like making a huge leap forward. Like Collins was better than Fox last year, and Fox is slightly better than Collins this year. So like that says something to me. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd still he is amazing for us. I'm so glad we got him. I feel like, and I, I know all Hawks fans feel like this, um, like, fuck a number one overall pick. Just give us number 19 picks. Like, fuck it, dude. Like, we get we get Collins and we get Herder in back-to-back years. Like, apparently 19 is our lucky number. So, like, just, just like, give us those. Like, I uh, I even threw out the other day um, the, the Rockets. Uh, like three or four days ago, were were slated to have the number nineteen pick, and I was like, hey, "Well, you know, they could really use base, um, and they have the number nineteen pick currently, so like, like makes sense, right?" <laughs> um, and uh, I think most fans agreed with me. Uh, but anyway, uh, Joel is joining us now. What up, Joel? What up, fellas? Uh, nothing much, brother. Just talking some John Collins. What are your thoughts on John Ooh. Collins? Do you think he's a candidate for most improved player? Um, and, and just like from what you've seen, what do you what do you think he means to the Hawks? Bro, he is so trash. No, I'm telling you, not trash. That's always good. He's <laughs> <laughs> so. No. John Collins hey, is well, so good. Well, you know good. what? Kevin Knox can suck a dick. <laughs> he can suck the biggest. No, I'm playing. Um, the point is, John Collins. <laughs> has a very average name, but a very good skill set as a basketball player. And yeah. um, I will say this: um, I kind of liked I liked when you guys picked him up initially, um, and I didn't know where he would fit. But you know, I, I mean, yeah. he was just acquiring assets at that point anyway. And he his future, right. um, and he, was, he has the ability. He was like a like I said in my spiel, like he was a he was a guy who had slipped. Like he was projected right. around like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, ended up falling to nineteen, and like at that point it was like, of course, like Hawks, like yeah, like I mean we should the best player available, and that's John Collins right now. Right, I totally agree, and look, it's working out. Uh, he's, I think like I think he's averaging a double double, and it's like he yeah. he is he is very much the future for the Hawks, and then we saw you don't say it all the time because it is the summer league or whatever. But he showed it in the summer league. That boy was already yeah. a man amongst boys. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he he's obviously there, and it's, uh, he's gonna get better, in my opinion. Honestly, the only thing I would I would, would hope he would improve on is maybe upping his shot blocking ability. But I mean, that comes with time and right. uh, awareness, you know. Um, but he's good. I mean, they're straight with, with power forwards, uh, whatever. He's a big. He's a He's not specifically a stretch big. He is a big that could stretch the floor if necessary, but I think he's more of mm-hmm. a big. Um, he can play center. He can play power forward. He, he's, he's, he's sort of like what Anthony Davis is kind of right now. Not as big, not as long, but um, probably not even as athletic. But in terms of, like, he has the ability to stretch the floor, but also man the middle if need be. Uh, and it's just, I think, that's the future anyway for the big man position. You just need a big that can hopefully, you know, space the floor a little bit, rebound, block shots. Scoring the paint, of course, is also very nice. But John Collins, you have you have a future stud in in your in your hands there with John Collins. I think Atlanta did really well with that pick. The 19th pick, I think you said, good. You guys yeah. did great with that pick. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, I got no complaints. And you know what? And here's the thing. As much as, you know, myself even, you know, when it happened, as, you know, you were – you were there, Joel. Mm-hmm. You you know uh, what it was like. Um, but like, you know, <laughs> I can't you, so. I can't I can't give uh, <laughs> I can't give Travis Schlink too much shit about trading Luca, um, mm-hmm. simply because like he hit on number nineteen with John Collins, he hit on mm-hmm. number nineteen with Kevin Herter, um, and we're gonna get a pick back that's going to be better than 19. So one would think that he possibly will hit on that one too. Um, and, you know, so like all things considered, you know, we get our own pick, we get that Mavs pick, we, you know, he, he, you know, I, I think Schlink has a relatively good eye for talent. Um, would I have done the Luca trade? No, obviously. And, and like, <laughs> especially now, uh, I wouldn't have done it yeah. then. Um, but I especially wouldn't have done it now. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't need would. the hindsight. No. Yeah, <laughs> nobody would do it now. But like, you know, right. obviously, I was, I was, um, I was very adamantly against it when we covered the draft uh, on that on that dark day. Um, but uh, that brings us to our second our second uh, uh, fan mail request: Luca mm-hmm. versus Trey. Did Atlanta fuck up? Yes, of course we fucked up. Like, dude, look at what Luca's <laughs> doing. Look at what Trey's doing. Like, yes, we fucked up. It, you know, it happens. Um, but like I said, we got we got Collins, we got Herder. I am not panicking yet. Plus, Trey has so many ways to improve his game, um, and and namely, it, it, he turns the ball over carelessly far too many times, like things like the like turnovers that can just be easily like nipped in the bud and, and, and avoided in the future. And I think he will get better at that. And he has not shot the ball. Well, he's shooting below 30% right now from three. And I think that that will change. I mean, he's shooting close to 80% from the line. Um, we saw that he is a capable shooter in college. I, I think that will change. His percentage has come up pretty uh, steadily uh, over the past month. Um, he was as low as below 25%. He was made like a 5% increase um, over the last month. He's shooting less threes. Um, he's shooting better threes, uh, and, and that's certainly helping him out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we totally, we totally fucked up that trade. Like, um, having Luca would be – you know, at least on paper right now, worth having Trey and a and a future, uh, like say, let's say number ten or number twelve overall pick somewhere in that range. Um, but again, I'm not uh, I, I I'm not panicking yet uh, because I still think Trey uh, has a lot of room for improvement. I think he is going to be a really good NBA player. Um, I shared our um, those comps with you recently. Um, now, of course, uh, there were a couple comps that were um, not uh, the best. Um, and for our viewers, uh, basically this was the top five uh, comps for Trey Young um, compared to other rookie uh, players in their in the, other players in their rookie seasons. Um, 
Damian Lillard and Kimball Walker were number two and number five, respectively. Um, number one was Brandon Jennings, and number three was Johnny Flynn. I don't remember who number four was. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, that, you know, it, it's kind of showing that, like, that boomer bust, you know, kind of potential with him. Um, but I'm optimistic that he leans more towards – uh, a, more towards the the Kimba side, uh, the um, I I don't see Dame Lillard. I mean, I know that's what the stats say, but I don't uh, see that. Dennis um, Smith Jr. was four. Yes, that's right. Dennis, and, and the verdict is still out and on Kimba was five. Yeah, Kimba yes, was five. Yes, exactly. Uh, but um, but yeah, like I I, I I'm so optimistic that he's going to be able to be a really good player. And if you look at a guy like. Um, uh, De'Aaron Fox over in, in uh, Sacktown, uh, like he didn't have a great uh, first season, and then was able to kind of pull things sure. together and and get everything corrected for his second campaign. Um, so like I'm, looking for I'm, a bright side. I I'm looking for all the bright sides, and I'm gonna hold on to whatever bright sides I can get. But to answer the fans' question. Um, yes, the Hawks did fuck up. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to pass it over. I'm going to pass it over to you, Luke. We haven't heard from you in a minute. What are your thoughts? Did the Hawks fuck up trading uh, uh, Luca for, for Trey in a future first? No. I mean, I'm going to keep on sticking to my guns with this. I don't Ooh. feel like you did. Different scenarios. I've said it since day one. Luca would have had way more pressure coming straight to Atlanta less help around him. He probably wouldn't have produced. Yes, he's a great – don't get me wrong, We and we all said this, he, he was probably one of those, like, top two people coming into this draft, definitely the most NBA ready. So we all knew that, but I just feel like there'd be more pressure for him on the Hawks. I don't think, like, he'd be doing as well. I like what Trey's doing. Yeah, he's having a terrible shooting year, but shooters got to shoot. Let him learn how to shoot in the NBA where he feels comfortable yep. and all that. He'll learn it over years. I mean, it's his first year, so – he's going to pick that up as, like, this is my spot right here. So let him do what he's got to do. You can't – I mean, if you look at it in the end of the season and he's top two in points and he leads your team in assists and then he's, like, and high leads up in, like, top in three. Yeah, so, and all that. And, like, and he's doing really well in the stats. You can't get mad at him. I mean, it's not the best product around him. Luca's just in a different scenario. He has a lot of different, like, people, more veteran people – and he had a face to an organization. He wasn't automatically just thrown into the fire. It's still Dirk's year, and it's his last year, and Luke is just helping to the magic and all that and, like, having, like, a phenomenal season. But I just think in different scenarios, I like what they did. You got uh, Hawks new, Schlink knew that he's in a rebuild and all that. So you had a, a young piece in college and all that. So you wanted to build around it, and it's, it's more of a three-year plan. And you got – assets out of it. I mean, when you could get another pick, I mean, the only reason I'm definitely agreeing with it because, I mean, my team's done it, and it's worked way in our bench. Now, don't get me wrong, different players and all that, but having an extra draft pick this year is so much better. There's so many options we can do. And for you guys, it's the rebuild option where you have more assets to maybe flip your two pick if you want, like your the Hawks, the Dallas pick, to go up to the top two if you're not in there. So you have that option. So there's a lot of things you can do with the, these two picks, and they're going to be high lottery picks. So I, I still like it. Yeah, 
Luca would have been, you know, he would have been fun. He would have been like definitely good. But I, like you said, give Trey, give Trey time in the end. I think it'll be just fine for them and what the team's structured with. I think it just makes sense with the Trey Young. It just it's a it's a process. Yeah, I mean it certainly is. And I will say this: um, a uh, like thanks for like fucking like, backing up backing up my dude. Um, better than even I did, by the way. Um, but uh, but also like, and, and here's here's one of the things that I think gets gets a little lost on on um, you know people don't follow things as closely as as maybe we do or or, or some other like hardcore fans do. Um, Luca is benefiting tremendously from being able to basically play the Hito Turgaloo position of point forward um like he's essentially playing point guard on offense and playing power forward on defense so they can hide him on defense that would not be possible on the hawks um like we have john collins who's our power forward and like it like it 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 wouldn't really work as far as the way that this lineup is structured and put together i think i think Luca found himself on the perfect roster to exceed, um, uh, to excel rather, um, and and potentially exceed expectations. Because um, I mean, I, even me who had him as my my number one overall prospect in the draft, um, I did not expect him to be this good out the gate. Um, and I, I think he is benefiting a lot from. The, the the roster that is around him and the team that he's on, um, and the fact that they're just like giving him the ball and letting him go. Um, so I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Not only do I not think that he would have that luxury in Atlanta, I don't think he would have that luxury in in Phoenix. I mean, obviously Booker needs the ball. I don't think he would have that luxury in Sacramento. Um, obviously, um, uh, De'Aaron Fox, with the, the leap that he has taken, needs the ball. Um, so, uh, you know, I I feel like he probably found himself in the perfect position as far as entering the league and, and being able to excel immediately uh, was probably um, the, the best fit for him was with Dallas. Uh, given the pieces that they have and their willingness to um, essentially run the offense through him, um, but uh, but Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on this whole uh, Luca versus Trey scenario? Did the Hawks fuck up in trading Luca? In hindsight, maybe history won't be in favor of this move in the future, but you won't really know until you find out what that other pick becomes. You know, you you got what first round pick, right? That and what? we'll never know. And here's the thing. We'll never know where the Hawks would have finished had they taken Luka yeah. versus where we will draft having not taken Luka. Um, so, like, that's like a caveat. It's like, it, it, like I said, we'll just never know. We, I mean, you would have to see what the parallel universe is of which we cannot see. We ain't Dr. Strange in this bitch. So, um so yeah, but but yeah, go ahead. I mean that that other pick obviously means a lot to this whole equation. Yeah, I'm, at least for me to to completely completely shit on it, I can't yet until I really know who the next, who's the the second person that it, because Luca was basically traded for two 
picks. You know, a lottery pick and, of course, a future first. And we don't know what that future first will be. It really depends. Uh, it's Dallas's pick, right? So wherever Dallas lands, you get their pick. Is that what it is? I forget how that works. Where is that? Yeah, I forget it. how that uh, Yes. So, yeah. yeah it really it's does top, depend it's on top what... five protected, but it's Dallas's pick. And um, unless they win, uh, unless they win a lottery spot, which fuck you, Adam Silver, if you let that happen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it should, it should convey, it should convey this year. Um, and right now I think it's slotted at 10th, um, somewhere in yeah, that double. Yeah, which is not bad. Right. Yeah, which isn't bad. And, uh, so you might get a double lottery pick. I mean, you get two lottery picks. Trey isn't yeah. a bad player. I mean, that's the thing. Right. People look at it and you try to compare Luca to Trey and, Trey's just not as efficient, and he's not nearly as big, so it's harder for him to defend. Right. And I'm just naturally, he just physically just gets over overpowered, and he's young. You know, it is what it is. Trey, I right. think, is a good player. He's obviously he's a I think a better passer than people were giving him credit for, and it's weird. Oh yeah. But I think the league he led college in patents and assists. So yeah, like it's not like it's a surprise yeah. to like people that followed him, but right. It's a surprise to some people, <laughs> um, and he is like. Pretty decent player. I mean, he really is. He, yeah, he, he averaged almost a steal I, a game, too. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't have them in front of me, but he is blowing every other rookie out of the water in assists. Like, in assist totals, he is... Right. It's He's like, a natural passer, I, man. Yes. Well, and he even said, he, he said, you know, I, a lot of people try to compare him to Steph Curry, obviously, because of, uh, you mm-hmm. know, all of the the long shots he made, but he even said right. like, when, when he was interviewed, the guy who he most modeled his game after was Steve Nash. So like, you know, okay. it, it should be, yeah, it shouldn't ultimately be super surprising that, you know, he, he may end up being, you know, not a Steph Curry 30 points per game, you know, five assist guy, but a 20 points right. per game, 10 assist guy. And like you know, like if if you're averaging five more assists that turn into ten points, then fuck it. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's just as good as averaging thirty points. Right, and I think he's playing a lot better than I think people were giving him credit for. Because I, I, a lot of people expect him to be a bust, and I don't think he's a bust. Um, no. So you definitely got a you got a good player back. You're not Luca will be rookie of the year. I think that's he is not a normal mm-hmm. rookie. <laughs> he really isn't. He's not a kid no. came out of college. No, this man came from a man's league where he just won that championship and was MVP. Right. And so won MVP. That's a yeah. whole, right. That's a whole other animal. So don't feel bad. Don't get me wrong. It probably will, it will look silly at the end of the day, but Trey Young is not a bad get. And whoever you get next, and you guys have done good trading in the, in the later lottery. So don't feel bad. You did good. We'll just see how it plays out in the future. Right now, it's, it's too early to tell, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think so too. I, I, I guess like, you know, when I say did we fuck up? Yeah, because obviously Luca is yeah, yeah, yeah. so good right now. Um, yeah. But no, ultimately, I agree with both of y'all. Like it, um, you know, I mean, the, the extra asset is huge, um, and that's what Schlink was looking to to get was the the essentially like. If I can flip three for five and, you know, get a future um, lottery pick, 
um, you know, I, I, I just get that, that extra chance at hitting it, you know. Um, and granted, I mean, he, if he had picked Luca, it would have just been like, you. well, you, I mean, you just hit what you needed to hit. But, like, ultimately, you know, no one absolutely knows that at the time. Um, you know, obviously I had Luca first on my big board, um, you know, for I think the whole uh, – the whole uh, all of last season, um, and and, right. and never really wavered. Um, but I mean, ultimately, still, you don't know this for sure. I mean, you know, there were a bunch of people saying Darko Milicic, and I'm like, he ain't gonna be Darko Milicic. Like I knew that, uh, but you know, yeah. I didn't know Darko. he was going <laughs> to be the second coming of fucking Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> um, right. But uh. But yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, you know, you guys are right. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see what the Hawks do um, this draft, and you know, I and again, like we've yet to see this team uh, with all their pieces together. You know, John Collins got hurt early in the year. Um, we didn't see Torian Prince uh, play with him. Like uh, as soon as Collins came back, Prince went down. Um, Herder was yeah. obviously hurt early in the how year. How long is he going like, to be out? Uh, I'm not positive. I don't think it's going to be too much longer. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I don't have a, an official timetable, um, in front of me. Um, but I, I, I think that, and he's actually in, in some trade rumors right now. Uh, Philly's interested in him along with a couple no. of teams. Prince? Um, yeah. In Prince. Oh, really? Um, I like Prince. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I, I could I, honestly, I could see Philly being interested in him. Um, I, you know, I, I, um, I would basically the way I, I look at Prince right now is if you got teams asking you about him, like just just aim high with your offers, and if nobody like gives you like an offer that blows you away, then just be like, okay, thanks, no thanks. Like you can just keep him because he's really valuable. He, he's still got a year left on his contract next year before you have to re-sign him. Um, like, there's no rush to move him. Um, but, like, you know, yeah, I would definitely listen to offers. I mean, especially because uh, with with two top lottery picks, we're almost, you know, undoubtedly going to draft a wing player uh, with one of those picks. So, um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's up in the air, um, ultimately, um, if uh, Atlanta made a huge mistake. Again, I think more importantly than, you know, who we pick up with the Dallas pick is is what becomes of our number one overall pick. And, you know, it, like, fuck, if we get the number one or number two overall pick and get Zion or RJ, like, at that point, it's like, fuck it. Who cares about it? You know, like, um you know, we we who knows if we would have got that had we taken Luca, kind of, you know, take a, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for, but we, you know, we can we can be uh, okay in in that regard. Um, anyway, let's move on. Um, our third question from uh, one of our fans, and this uh, should be a, a relatively quick one. Um, who do you pick? to take a life-saving buzzer beater, LeBron or Kobe? I, I, I've got an interesting answer to this one, um, but I want to I hear what y'all have to say first. Luke, 
uh, I'm going to pass it to you first. Who you got, LeBron or Kobe? Oh, Kobe all day. I mean, it just depends on scenarios. But, like, if LeBron has drawn up a perfect play and he's going right to the rim and he has time, but we're asking, like, just last-minute shot. LeBron's really yeah. only – I mean, he's made more. Like, statistically, he's better than Kobe. So, don't get me wrong. I know everyone's out there. But, like, LeBron's actually – statistically better and he's made more I just Kobe is a shooter he's just known for that I mean if you just look through his career I mean he'd whisper in your ear I, I guarantee he'd count down the clock no and look you dead in the eyes and do that little step, step back fader so I just have more confidence in Kobe because I think he's a better shooter so, but I do under I mean with LeBron if if I've got him going right full like gas LeBron like team going ahead he's gonna just dunk it well, then, yeah, but, I mean, if you're going to make it go for a shot, I'm going Kobe, the Black Mamba, all day. Yeah, here's the thing, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw mine out before I pass it to you, Joel. I, mm-hmm. I, here's the thing. I think, who would I want, okay, 10 seconds left in the game, Who's who would I prefer to have the ball in their hands? LeBron. Like, definitely, because LeBron's going to make the best play. The best play possible. With 10 seconds left on the clock, he's going to drive. He might kick it. He might go to the bucket. He might pull up and shoot. He is going to make the best play available to your team. So, in that scenario, I'd rather have LeBron. However, the question is, who would you rather take the game's life-saving buzzer beater? Kobe, all day. Kobe wants to take that shot. LeBron does not. Like, LeBron um, will take that shot, and sometimes he wants to take that shot. Kobe always wants to take that shot. I'm going to take the guy who wants to take the shot. Um, Again, like, if the question was worded slightly different and just who do you want to have the ball with 10 seconds left or whatever, sure, I'll give that to LeBron all day. Um, but, like, who do I want to take the buzzer beater? Definitely Kobe. He's that mama mentality, man. He wants to take the shot, and I want the guy who wants to take the shot. Um, just that's my personal opinion. So, ultimately, uh, I agree with you, Luke, and I feel like um, you would probably agree ultimately with that assessment. Am I wrong? Luke? Yes. Oh my bad, guys. No, no, no. You're not wrong. No, you're not wrong at all. I got, I got one more quick little thing to add to that, just because you, you kind of thought Kobe has never played on a team where there's been another player. You're like, hey, get him the ball. LeBron has played on teams. Ray Allen, I want him to get the ball if right. it's going to be a final shot. Maybe even right. Kyrie Irving. I kind of want LeBron set this up. KD, Kyrie. No, no other person has played on a Kobe team, and it's been like, "Hey, Kobe, right. maybe you should dish out the ball." And even Kobe, you're right about that. I'm already out on the court. So well, I would say, that. I would say Robert Ory was early in Kobe's career. Like you would want Robert Ory <laughs> sure. to take a clutch shot. Like I mean, just <laughs> just to Ory. catch and shoot. I mean, Robert oh, Ory is like is like the the power forward. Clay Thompson of his time. Like, that motherfucker was all about catch and shoot. Um, yep. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, but, I mean, that's saying a lot. Like, when you go from Kyrie Irving 
and Ray Allen down to Robert Ory. Like <laughs> this is a this is a slight drop off there. Um but yeah, that's a that's a very um that's a very good point, Luke. He's never like maybe if he did have somebody like that it would be different. I don't know. Um it it, it it's really impossible to say. Um but uh but Joel, what are your thoughts? Uh you know, life saving buzzer beater, Kobe or LeBron? Yeah, I mean, you're putting my life on the line there. I think I have to go with someone I'm not afraid to see take that shot. And, and it, it's, it's Kobe all day. It's the Black Mamba. Uh, I've seen him do it. He's ripped my heart out several times. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> over the years. And he's, he, I just go from experience. I've seen LeBron clank them before. And, yes, statistically, he's scary. And he is. LeBron is scary uh, in clutch times. But he's yeah. scarier. Uh, I mean, even now, you can't say LeBron is the, the clutchest guy in the league. He just isn't. I mean, you're still scared. You're still more scared of, like, a Kyrie or, or a KD when it comes down to last Yeah, last I was going to say KD for sure. Uh, and it's like LeBron, like you said, maybe with the last 10 seconds, he has the ball in his hands. That's the man you want with the ball in his hands, no doubt. But when it comes to the last shot, it might be it's gonna be Kobe all day if it, if it comes down between two, uh, between him and, and Kobe, no doubt. As as you saw on Game of Zones, uh, the Kobe Colt will say Kobe, and LeBron will will defend it profusely that he is not he's clutch and he can do it. And he'll back it up with statistics, but Kobe, the Black Mamba, will uh, kill it at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I. Part of me wonders if this is just, like, this narrative that Kobe's been able to, like, build amongst all of our collective brains. Um, But it's there. (laughs) And, again, again, it just boils down to me, like, who do I want taking the last shot? I want the guy who wants to take the last shot. Um, And that's Kobe. I mean, whether he's going to miss it or make it, he's going to want to take it. And like that's 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 huge, um, in 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 that particular argument for me. All right, let's move on. Right, uh, last question, uh, last fan question, um, for for the night. Um, do we care that the scores uh, are so high, and it seems like there is very little defensive play uh, in this season? Essentially, like, does defense matter? Uh, and, you know, does it upset you, uh, Joel, that, you know, there's maybe been a lack of defense played because um, of, you know, a few rule changes, um, more aggressive calls from the refs to try and rein in um, defensive play or seemingly rein in defensive play? Um, You know, is this something that you're concerned about? Let me tell you something, Nick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Defense—it's—it's <laughs> it's very subjective to say that there's no defense played. Yes, uh, the game is played for the offense now. The offense rules and, and reigns supreme. The, the the positions have changed. There are more shooters on the floor nowadays. Even the centers can fucking shoot from long range. So it's not like back in the day where you had two big guys in the paint who could not shoot. <laughs> they right. were in there to, you know, to rebound and score inside at the very least. But you know, right. there's more three pointers now. There's there's hand checking rule. I mean, they're they're definitely more sensitive about that shit. So they're gonna call almost everything. It's sometimes annoying, but it's it's just the way of the game. It's it's a faster pace now. 
you know, so it's constantly move up and then the, the fast break. It's just it's a different game, a new set of rules, and the athletes are just – they're even more athletic now than they were then. They just are. Conditioning is different. There's a lot of things that, that you don't take into account uh, with now to then. And, and don't get me wrong. There are a lot – especially recently, a lot of 140-point games. I mean, that's an all-star game fucking numbers and yeah. during a regular season. That's not normal, but – it is now. It, that's just the way of the game now. If you watch it, well, you and explain it, when you and watch that's the thing. It. It, it was it was that way back in like the the fifties and sixties. Um, mm-hmm. Like they had those hundred forty point games, and there were times in even the eighties when you would have those huge scoring games. There were a couple seasons mm-hmm. there where like the points like really raised, um, and 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 like it. it you know, of course, they they made rule corrections and 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 various like defensive uh, uh, adjustments with the rules, and that ended up bringing mm-hmm. the the points back down. But like, there have been times throughout the the course of the league where the points have risen, um, you know, to yeah. essentially where they are now. No, I totally agree, and it's just it's easy to say that there's no defense being played when you watch this the, the final score. <laughs> if you watch the whole game. Sometimes you don't even realize, wow, it's 120 points already because you're in the game and you're like, oh, that's what happened. You see, you see the offense take place where you're like, oh, wow, you couldn't stop that. But then there are times you watch it and it's like a fucking a train. You let you just let the fucking guy go right through. Sometimes it's bad. <laughs> but I'm saying once you're watching, you realize it's not as simple as saying they're just not playing defense. It's just a, it's just different. It's just a, we play things differently now. It's, the NBA has changed. It's definitely more offensive centered now. Yeah, you know, the funniest thing, uh, like, I had an argument with somebody, like, maybe a week ago about Paul George and why I thought Paul George was a, um, like, A, and, you know, if we have time, we'll get to this. I think he should be um, an all-star starter. Um, I also mm-hmm. think he should make first-team All-NBA. Um, and, you know, my big reasoning was um, not only is he great offensively, he is elite defensively like he should be defensive player of the year this year um as both uh you, you and i um listed uh, on our ballots joel um right. in our last episode um and 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 the dude's retort to it was defense doesn't matter nobody plays defense anymore <laughs> and i was just like fuck you like like dude like People play deep like Paul George plays defense. He plays great defense. Like there are still guys who play great defense. You just have to evolve. Like yes, it's an offensive league. You can't hand check anymore. That's been around for a while. Um, they're calling things. They're they're probably calling fouls more tightly than I would like. I think last year they were calling calling it too loose. Um, and we talked about that last year. Um, and then yep. this year, I think they made maybe a slight overreaction and have, you know, started at least started off the season calling things too tight. I think they've kind of um, evened out throughout the course of this year. I don't think they're calling it as tight as they were at the beginning of the year. Um, I think they were maybe trying to set a precedent um, at the beginning of the year, and they've kind of leaned back a little bit. Um now, now, there's always, you know, the, the ticky-tack fouls, you know, Harden uh, draws so many of those a game. and But, like, again, like, he's just good at drawing fouls. And there's always been those guys who are good at drawing fouls. Um, it, 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 that's nothing new to the league. 
so, yeah, I mean, ultimately I agree with you. I don't think that the league is really in any sort of danger um, because uh, it's more offensively driven. It's been that way for a while. It's just at the beginning of this season, they were calling fouls more strictly, which led to people playing maybe a little bit less hard defensively. Um, but they're starting to ease up on that. And when we get into the playoffs, they're, they're, they're not going to call everything that's like so tight. Um, that, I mean, that's just, and that's how it's always worked. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't worry too much. I don't lose any sleep over it basically. Um, but, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts? No, I mean, I'm going to agree with you guys. I mean, and everything that you guys are saying, I mean, if you just look at it, it's like any sports purist is going to be like, well, defense is the greatest thing and all that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do love, right. you know, good defensive teams and all that. And like, and like you're saying, it's going to even out and all that. But, I mean, in the end, I mean, in football, I hate defensive games. So it's like a low-scoring, like, oh, cool, I just saw a 96 game. Like, that that just happened in front of me. That is not entertaining for the, just the basic fan. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to sell to the basic that, uh, fan. You're not selling to the, the Alabama-LSU game back in, like, what was it, like, oh, maybe 2011 or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's going to be the greatest game of all time. And it ended 9-6, and everybody was like, that sucked. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like, you know, you're not selling to the purists. You're trying to sell to the, like, the, you know, the fan that you might have the edge in. What's going to get them is offense, man. I mean, just in any sport, mm-hmm. just it's offensive things. Like, the home run sell, yeah. So, in baseball, you want to see the home runs. You don't want to see a pitcher going nine innings. I mean, for me, I mean, that's what I want to see. But for a baseball fan, you probably lost them a long time ago. Basketball's the same way. You don't want to see a great defensive match and all that. You want to see 143 to 138 and just be like, what was just going on? Now, I hope it's not the rest to pick, like, help influence the game and calling, like, a little, a lot of ticky-tacky fouls. But in the end, it's just because, like, like Joel was saying, I mean, people can shoot the ball. I mean, it's just not just the guards and maybe one of your forwards. It's one through five is going to have a good shot. I mean, you look at Milwaukee right now. They're, like, the, the highest shooting team, and it's one through five for them. I mean, you leave Lopez out there on the three, he's sinking that three. I mean, he's not the greatest, yep. but he's going to hit, you know, a three or, or two. So it's just like you have to be alert at all, like, things. So it's just different. But I think it's it's benefiting, uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I like, but I think it's benefiting the NBA because it's grabbing more fans in and it's more exciting than ever to watch right now. I mean, you're just having a lot of high scoring. You're having Curry take shots on the logo and sinking them in, like, high games and all that. It's just, like, you would never see that back in the day. It's just, I just, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But, like like you're saying, in the end, as the season goes on, definitely in the playoffs, it's not going to play out like this. But it's fun in the regular season when you have an 80-something, you know, season game. You want to keep the attention of the viewer and, like, want to catch that next game and be like, you know what, I kind of do want to watch the Rockets because, they might score 138, and James Harden yeah. is just on fire right now. And yeah. yeah, man. And will not score less than 30. And, hey, you know, he might score 40 because he just seems to be doing that like it's easy these days. So, you know, yep. that's, I have no problem with that. So, uh, yeah, I have, for, like, the purest in me, I do wish, you know, I know I like a good defensive basketball, but that's just me loving basketball. You're going to have me sold no matter what. But if it was me on the edge, 
I would not I'd want this high shooting electric offensive like just go. Just half half the defense want to quote a game of zones right there. That one today was great if you <laughs> I I think I think you brought up a great point um in that uh in that response too is like there are people there are there are players who are, are scoring in ways that positionally uh players of the past have not been able to do so um like mm-hmm. when you have centers taking threes and you uh, you know have guys taking shots at from the logo and and like draining them um and granted mm-hmm. like this isn't like especially the logo shot that's not like there's a handful of guys who can do that um, consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steph Curry is obviously the guy who does it. Uh, I think Dame Lillard is, is like another guy who can do it. Um, Luca certainly looks like a guy who can do it. Trey wants to be a guy who can do it um, and, and, you know, has done it, um, just not consistently. Um, but, like, when you have guys, you know, being able to do that or, or you have, you know, these centers like Brooke Lopez stepping out and shooting, Dwayne Dedman uh, stepping out and shooting threes, and as Cantor um, stepping out and shooting threes. Um, and, and the list goes on and on. There are a ton of centers. Vucevic um, is another one of those guys. Uh, you're bound to get more offense um, when people's games are evolving at such a rate at which, you know, it makes it so much harder to defend them. Uh, and, and that's like that is an excellent point, Luke. Like something that I didn't really even think of until you said it. But like now that it's in my head, like I'm gonna like any time I get into an argument with somebody in the future, I'm gonna be like, but this. <laughs> so um, yeah, like that's that's obviously something that everyone should consider when when breaking down this offense versus defense uh, um, diatribe. Uh, but uh, Anyway, uh, Joel, do you want to add anything before we move forward, man? No, I think I said my piece for the most part. Uh, I had uh, a lot to say there, but, you know. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, All right, cool. Let's move on. Uh, We got uh, some regular topics to get into. We got about just over an hour to get uh, through these. Let's uh, let's see uh, if we can, can, uh, you know, get through them all before – the clock runs out. Uh, the Lakers, um, uh, and I know that uh, uh, y'all are probably going to want to definitely talk about this, especially Luke. Uh, they're three and seven without LeBron, uh, including losses to Joel's Knicks, uh, the Timberwolves, and the Cavaliers, the lowly, lowly Cavaliers, uh, and are now in the ninth seed. Uh, Utah mm-hmm. has hoisted themselves up into the eighth seed uh, after being as low as, I think, 14 earlier, um, maybe as short as, like, th- three weeks ago. Um, so I got a couple questions here. Uh, is Luke Walton on the hot seat? Uh, and uh, well, I guess three questions, really. Is he on the hot seat? And if so, like, what are, what are you putting the odds on that he's there next season? So not like he gets fired this season, but um, that he's there, you know, 
start of next season, like game one of next season, he's still there. What are the odds? Uh, and, and just like in general, what should the Lakers do? Um, whether it be trade, whether it be, um, uh, you know, firing Luke or you bring somebody else in or, you know, whatever, what, what should it be? I'm going to go to you first on this one, Luke. No, I mean, it's, the Lakers are in a tough spot right now. I mean, they're, they're not playing well. Um, Luke especially is just not coaching up the, like, uh, I, maybe it's, it's, it's equal. LeBron's not there, and you feel the, you know you just got the team used to and playing well with LeBron in that kind of system, and now he's out. It's just not working without him. But sure. he's he's definitely on he's definitely on the hot seat. I mean, it 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 could be a little bit too warm for his liking in the middle of winter, but he is he is in L.A. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's one other, but I mean, he's he could be the next big coach to go. I mean, that's a high. <laughs> Like praise job, you got LeBron. You gotta, especially if they don't make the playoffs this year. I mean, you're gonna get LeBron back. He's gonna make that run. But if you don't make it, or you make it barely at the eight seed, like playing in the, I don't see him. They, it would not be smart for them to just go ahead and get rid of him, just because, of, like I was saying, I think once LeBron gets back, they they were kind of playing well, and all that. And there's been a lot of big injuries, and their their center position. They should definitely do a trade over. Um, firing him in the season. Now, you said, what are the odds of him being in the coach next season? I'm giving it like a 15% that he's there. Um, wow. I don't, I mean, I, ca- I kind of want to drop it even lower just because I just, I've been <laughs> preaching this, I know to you guys a lot, but I see a different marriage for the the Lakers and it doesn't, Involve Luke Walton in my mind coaching them. It's another coach and Eric Sprolsa coming over. Oh, yeah, and being I was the coach. Say, please elaborate how you see this playing out. I just see, I just see them working out like that way. I mean, Sprolsa kind of after that win. I mean, they he was not referring like the way the organization's running and all that, just like the way the teams play. But you can definitely kind of see some frustration and all that. I mean. And Miami could be going in a rebuild. Who knows if he wants to go through that? I mean, but he's a good coach, and he knows how to handle LeBron. He's been there before, and he's been to the finals and all that. He he actually, you know, knows how to run half-court, like, systems and schemes and all that. Where Luke Walton mm-hmm. kind of doesn't look like he knows how to run a half-court system at times. So, <laughs> I just, you know, that's why I'm going with the more of the 15. I think he'll finish up the season. But, I mean, even if they make the playoffs barely and all that, I still think Magic and Polinka kind of already want to move on. But they don't want to – don't get me wrong, Luke Walton will definitely be hired in another coaching job. He definitely has a chance in the NBA. I just think right now with the Lakers, they got LeBron. It wasn't like, hey, we're rebuilding and you can see this player development and all that. It's like, hey, we need to be like, right. producing right now. And you're not doing it and you might not know – Especially, I kind of want to see him in the playoffs because I think he'll fail me even more and just prove to me, like, yeah, you're just not the coach. Like, you're just not understanding how to, like, change, like, game to game and all that. But maybe he can prove me wrong and it's a good playoff coach. So, so right now, I just, you know, like I'm saying, I'm I'm preaching the, the Eric is Eric Folsom's going over to Lakers next year. I would love it. I mean, I, I would hate it for Luke because I actually really like Luke Walton. But um, but as far as, like, how that fits, 
Um, you're getting a guy who knows how to operate with LeBron, has done it in the past. Um, like, I, I, I think it would be, um, if the Lakers could pull it off, I think it would be smart. Um, but let me, let me pose this question just real quick before I pass it over to Joel, and I'll ask him the same question um, before, you know, we get into his answer uh, to the original question. Um, let's say the Lakers are the eighth seed, and they're playing the Denver Nuggets as the number one seed. Are you and LeBron's healthy? Who are you taking? Like, are you going to take Denver LeBron? over LeBron? over LeBron. a LeBron-led team? No, a hundred percent. No, LeBron, but that's not Luke Walton. Absolutely that's not. not Luke like, Walton. No. That is LeBron James taking advantage of situations and just being well, the better that's player. What he Unfortunately, does. Nuggets like, that's are, what are I'm saying. Team. That's what he does. Like, but LeBron, for all intents and purposes, the fucking Pacers should have beat the the fucking Cavaliers last year. But like, why didn't they? Because of LeBron James. Right? Oh, no, 100%. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you right there. And I feel like they, like, in circumstances, yeah, that, like, Luke would look better and all that. But that's just LeBron just not losing to the Denver Nuggets and being like, oh, thank you. I get to play them for my first team. Yes. No, absolutely. But, like, at the same time, like, that's who has the number one seed. And, and of course, the Lakers don't have the eight seed. They have the ninth seed. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's a distinct possibility that could be the team they they score off against. Yeah, there's there's only a couple teams that I actually would feel like the Lakers would not, um, with a healthy LeBron, would not make it out of the first round. Obviously, the Warriors, um, I think they would struggle with the Thunder. Um, I, I think possibly they would uh, struggle with um, – uh, shit. Fuck. Um, there's one of uh, the Rockets. Yes, the the Rockets. I think uh, against a, like a healthy Rockets after Daryl Morey has made a trade at the deadline to like approve the roster, um, which I fully expect him to do. I think that would be troublesome. Any other team? I'm taking the Lakers. Like I I don't. I'm not. I I just I. I'm not. Uh, I'm not counting out LeBron unless there's somebody on the other end that is like counteracting his greatness, like a Stephen KD or a Russ and Paul George or a James Harden, Chris Paul, like duo. Like it, it just, it, like I'm not, I'm not taking any other Western conference team, but uh, anyway, um, same question to you, Joel. Um, like is, is Luke Walton on the hot seat to you? Um, you know, what are the odds that you have for him being the coach at the beginning of next season? Um, if you want to lay odds on them, uh, you know, I know you're not like an odds person in that in that sort of respect. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, and, and, and what do you think the Lakers should do? Um, and and uh, just before all of that, um, do you agree with me and Luke? They would definitely kick the shit out of the Nuggets. I don't know if it would be a uh... Like an ass whooping, but I do think they'd probably win. Yes, uh, I wouldn't win count LeBron out for shit. Yeah, six. At, yeah, at the very least. <laughs> the six. Yeah, yeah. It'd probably be a good number. Um, especially if they're healthy. You know, yeah, we're talking about LeBron healthy, Rondo healthy. Those are the key guys have healthness. Right. <laughs> sure. And whoever they pick up at the deadline or whatever the fuck they do. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
the Lakers are what they were. They're the same team. They're, without LeBron and Rondo, they're last year's team. And guess what they were last year? They were bad. So right. <laughs> they're, they they weren't really that different than they are right now. And um, actually, I believe they're making a lineup change today. I think they're putting Tyson Chandler and KCP into the lineup instead of Josh Hart and McGee. So they're trying to switch it up to spice it up a little bit. Good luck with that. Lineup. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that changes anything. <laughs> but um, – it's just – it is what it is. Um, as long as he's healthy, they're a top Western team. They're at least top five. You know, they were fourth before he got hurt, and they were they were rolling. They're even pretty decent defensively when he's on the floor. When he's not, <laughs> they're like lost puppies. <laughs> they're bad. And maybe it's because they depend on him so much. And I think that's the problem with LeBron in general is, like, these guys will depend on him for almost everything. And if you don't have a second weird, star there it? to rail him in, it is. It is, but it, that's kind of what he's used to. That's why he was so successful right. in Miami, and he's and he was okay with with Cleveland because he did have Kyrie and Kevin Love there. And right now he doesn't have anybody. He has okay, his decent youth. I wouldn't say that they've looked bad recently, and their stock has been they're kind of low right now. So they probably held on to some of these guys a little too long. They probably should have made some deals earlier, and you know maybe in the off season whatever. But it. They don't have a second star on the Lakers. I mean, they're, they're second, but who's arguably their second best player? Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, I mean Kuzma. that's not Kuzma is arguably their second best player. And it, and then Rondo, yeah. when it you know once he gets to the playoffs, Rondo's no doubt. You know, but you know it's not healthy yeah. right now. Playoff Rondo um, is their second best player. <laughs> yeah, second Rondo. Yeah, once they hit the playoffs, it's Rondo time. But until then, he's he's going to be on and off Rondo. Um, right. It is what it is, though, with the Lakers. Like, like I said, if they're healthy, they'll be fine. Is Luke Walton safe? I think he should be because, like I just told you, they, they're the Me ones too. that set up that team. They have to understand, like, this is the same team. Without LeBron around on the floor, uh, they're, they're pretty much last year's team. That's, on, that's not on Luke. That's on the, 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 the front office. So, I mean, in my opinion, he should be safe at least – to the end of the season. I, I, when it comes to this summer, that, that things could change because I don't know if he's the coach of the future for the Lakers. Is it Spolster? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even realize it was going to be – I didn't even know he was having issues in Miami. I had no idea that. I didn't even realize that was a name that was going to be talked about there. Um, but um, when it comes to Luke, I, I, do believe he's, I do believe he's a good coach. It's just a matter of having the right amount of talent with him and, you know, doing the right things for him. But – at the moment, they're struggling. Uh, maybe this lineup change will do something for them. Maybe not. Probably not. But at the end of the day, as long as LeBron's there, everyone's safe. And if LeBron don't like you, it really depends. Does LeBron like you or not? That will depend if you're there next uh, next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what it boils down to. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think I think Luke um, kind of uh, at least somewhat hit the nail on the head with, like, essentially, like, this team has has had to uh, assimilate to LeBron, and then, like, now they're having to play without him. And like you said, Joel, they, like, are are basically playing like they were last year, Um, and probably even a little worse because they weren't able to develop. They're, like, just reverting back to how they played together last year instead of, like, having evolved and, and developed a game uh, together. 
Um, and they don't, mm-hmm. you know, like we say, like it's basically the same team, except they don't have Julius Randle, who at times was their best player uh, yeah, yeah. in that young core last year. Um, that man's and, a baller, so too. Man. baffling to me how they did not re-sign him. Um, like, I, I still don't get that, especially given what he signed in New Orleans for. Just um, crazy. Like, why would you want to sign – Caldwell Pope over him, like I, I don't know, I don't get it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think like, I, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it, it, it's taken for granted, like these guys having to learn how to play with LeBron, and then all of a sudden, like being without him, and they were starting to get it right. Like they were starting to tie it all together. They moved way up in the standings, up to number four, playing with him. Uh, and you know, I I, I think um, I, I I think they started to figure out. Luke had started to figure out, uh, you know, how to coach this team. Uh, and and you know, ultimately, you know, when he went down, now it's like back to square one. And they're like, fuck, what do we do? Like who, you know, like what? Like I guess we try to make this work. Um, and I think that the guy who benefits most from it is Brandon Ingram. Um, but ultimately, it's like. Is it's 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 kind of the um, ultimate test for Brandon Ingram. Like, can he carry a team? Uh, and right now, the answer is no, he cannot. Like, when you lose, uh, you know, the games that they've lost to the Knicks, Timberwolves, and Cavaliers, it's like that's a, it's a huge indictment on Brandon Ingram. And you know, that's, yep. you know, like, I I I don't want to say. Um, I, I, I'll just put it like this: uh, If they want to make him the centerpiece for an Anthony Davis deal, they're gonna have to put a lot of other pieces in there to make that yep. deal work. Um, yep. And, and, and I'll just, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, like we'll just kind of have to see, uh, you know, where they go. Um, and, and what happens with Walton. If I had to put a percentage on Walton, I'd say 50-50 that he's there at the beginning of next season. I, I would like – I'm with you, Joel. I would like him to to get the benefit of the doubt. I really like Luke Walton. Um, and, and, like, if you can get Spolstra, like, sure, I guess maybe you make that move just because the familiarity with LeBron and all that. Um, but, like, I, I, I think it's on fair given like the circumstances with what's happened uh to this team uh and like you said uh Joel the construction of this team is weird it doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially without LeBron yeah Yeah, we've all said it and like (laughs) yeah and like especially without LeBron it 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 doesn't it it makes even less sense at that point so like I think he's doing the best of what he's got um, I think I think I really do think Walton's going to be a good coach in this league, um, and I think he'll be a good coach for the Lakers if they just give him time. Um, but you know, time's not really something they have because the clock, Father Time, is is, is just tick talking away on LeBron. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies reportedly may make Marcus All available. 
appearing, he may elect to decline his player option to become a free agent at the end of the season. Ugh, I, I got I got a, a million different like trade scenarios going on in my head right now. Um, what does this mean to you, Luke? And uh, let me let me throw out just, just let me throw out a quick trade scenario to you um, before I pass it to you. Just just because I got I got one in mind. Joel's like already laughing. Like of course you're gonna squeeze him like a, a mock trade. Um, no, I got I got one in mind that I like. I just I really I, I think would would be interesting. Uh, Marcus All and Jamichael Green for Al Horford and uh, Gershon Ubisele. That that matches contracts it's like Gershon. they're within like two hundred. $200,000 of each other with this contract. Yabi Sully, um kind of seems like a bust, but he's still young um, and not expensive. Uh, and uh, we'll throw in the Clippers pick, um, you know, just to uh, sweeten that deal, um, you know, for uh, for um, Memphis. Uh, what are your thoughts on that trade? And, and, and just what are your thoughts on um, Memphis maybe thinking about moving Gasol in general? Essentially, are they a year late? <laughs> no, the, the, we'll definitely get to that. Um, but uh, you lost me at the, the sweetener, and I hate to say that because you guys know me. I'm such a Horford fan. I love Al. He has nothing to do with the reason we're playing wrong and all that, but I would definitely consider it if Gasol can stay healthy. Um, but and throwing in that pick, it just got me out of there. I mean, just because – Yavaselli yeah, is a bust in my mind. Freaking number twenty-three overall pick. You got four of them. Hey, hey, no, we need all. Yeah, of them. for real. Especially if I'm no, trading Horford. You sound as bad. If I'm trading Horford, obviously I'm going for something big in the horizon, and I'm definitely wanting more. Horford's been playing like shit this play. year. Has he gotten any better really? since the beginning of the year? I haven't followed him closely, but like, no, he has not he, been playing good. No. No, he's been playing like shit. He's making twenty, what, thirty million dollars now? Twenty-eight million, something like that. Like Gasol's making twenty-four million. I mean, I'm not saying he's hurt. I just think Gasol would make that team so much better. He's better defensively. He's equally as good as of a passer. He's equally as good as of a shooter, if not better. Like, just everything is better. No, no, yeah. Like Luke? I said, I mean. Like, it, it hurts me that I would want to trade out Horford, but, yes, I would do that trade. Even for Green, he's a great, you know, player to add to more depth and all that. I mean, I liked him when he first came out when uh, big uh, Zach Randolph got hurt for them and he really started to show. So, I like it. I just, you know, me just being just a big Al Horford, you know, I'm going to stand by him. He has been having not the greatest season. But, like I said, it's not his reason. It's not his fault we've been playing bad, but – for Gasol and why they're doing this right now, I mean, it makes sense. It is too little, too late, I feel like. You could have got a lot of things out of him last year, but he was hurt, so I guess their trade value. So it could be just a tie, but I would trade him. I mean, you're kind of in, like, this limbo-like period, but I think Memphis is starting to realize that the West is the West, and they're even though they're playing really well, they still could finish out at, like, the number 10 or, you know, like, and all that, so – that's or they could be the just best. like so I, trade off assets, tank, and you know, hopefully get 
you know, keep their pick this year yet again and not yeah. like have so to I give w- it to Boston. I I would I would trade him just because I feel like you could get a lot for him. He's been playing really well this year and all that, and especially if they feel like he's going to decline it. And just start the process of building around, you know, Triple J. I mean, he's, he's really good. I mean, he's young and all that, and just start that whole process. I mean, you have something to kind of look forward to and build around, and I definitely consider Conley. I'm, I'm When I kind of saw this, I was just, like, thinking, I mean, Gasol's really good, and he, he's going to get traded, and he's going to be good for the team. And I was like, man – Conley, even though he's on that, like, really expensive contract, it's only two more years left of it. And it could be, like, he's not that bad of a player for a team that needs that, like, point guard to kind of, like, help take them to the next level. Ooh, and he's just a good team. He's a good team facilitator, man. I'm, he manages teams well. Like, I'm, oh, like no, I'm he saying, does. He'd be good on Phoenix. That's what I'm saying. Like, he would help teams because he could calm he the team down. He would be great give Washington. them the ball late. And he would, like, he's like <laughs> – they would not do that to him. But like I said, I think he'd be good on Phoenix and help calm down Booker at the end, not have Booker have so much of the pressure, get him in the right spot, and with Aiton, help him hit with Young because, you know, he's always played with good centers and all that. I feel yeah, like but they would trade away all their fucking expiring contracts. They don't have anybody left to no, trade. They got Ryan Anderson. They got a Ryan Anderson contract. I mean, if you could yeah, do that, I mean, if, not if expiring, I'm taking Conley, but yeah. you could but I mean, you got one year left of of Ryan Anderson. We're true, next year, true. You could Very definitely true. buy it out all that. So you could definitely do yeah. a Ryan Anderson and Josh Jackson in a pick, you know, to go get Conley. Yeah, and I think he actually, would be good yeah. moving. He'd be good and moving forward for a young guard, team like then that. Draft, uh, you know, like a Darius Garland in the draft. If you keep your pick, if you don't um, try to sign somebody, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I I think that would work. Um, if I'm the Suns, I would be hesitant to do it because, well, namely because, like, it, and again, like, this is just me projecting what I would do if I was in the position of the of the, of the Suns GM. Um, and, and granted, they did finally fire Ryan uh, McDonough, I think is his name, um, who's like, I, I, how that guy kept his job for so long, I have no fucking clue. Because, <laughs> like, dude, like, once he took Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris, number four and eight, amidst all of the talent that was around them, I, I just I would have been like, you missed on you missed on two? Like, fuck. And you traded Bogdan Bogdanovich to get Marquise Chris. Like, fuck you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I would, like, I would just go out and try to, like, steal Terry Rozier. Like, to me, like that's that's the guy you need, um, and he's young. He still fits like your timeline, whereas Conley doesn't. He's old. He's kind of injury prone. Um, like I would just go out and like I think they have like twenty twenty five million dollars in gap space this year. I just throw all of that at at Rozier, and you know that the Celtics aren't going to match it. Like if 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 the, if the Suns come come and and give Rozier a, a, a four-year, $80 million contract. Ain't no way the Celtics are matching that. Like, no chance. $20 million a year for for a backup point guard is playing, like, 15 minutes a game for them? No. But, like, for the Suns, like, yeah, that makes sense because they need a guy who's, like, you know, not only a, a good facilitator but can shoot threes, can play defense, 
especially because Booker's not the best defender, um, I, I'd rather do that if I'm the Suns than, than, you know, throw any amount of assets at getting Conley, um, just personally. Um, but, uh, but Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? I think it's about time, in my opinion. Um, I've been saying that, I mean, they should have probably thought about doing this a while ago, but they've been holding on and, and they made moves this summer to, that seems like they wanted to hold on, try to make a playoff push. And in the beginning, it kind of looked like they would, you know, one of the better defensive teams. They were kind of, they were strolling there, you know, they had a strutting. Uh, and then they kind of dipped and had free fall ever since. And just now like they did last year. Just like they did last year. And you know what? It's time. It, it really is. Um, you have – my college contract is shitty. Like we were talking about that this morning. Yeah. It's a shitty contract. But it, it is movable if you look at the John Wall contract. People will take the common contract. You just got to show them the John Wall contract and people will be like, all right, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. We can get something pretty decent for you know. Is it though? Who's who's it's gonna not take compared. It? The Suns like like what um Luke was saying. The Suns is not a bad option. Like who's gonna go to the fucking Suns? Nobody. So they might as well trade you for could, someone. Again, you could sign Terry Rozier at the end of the season. He's way Does Terry better, want to go like, to the Suns? Would he turn down an eighty million dollar four year deal? He might to go so maybe some other team might give him that. Like what? Like what makes you think? What like a reason went to the Suns because they paid him, but it was for the year. Right. That's what and I'm if you to pay like, Terry Rozier, he's gonna go there too. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad idea to go get a vet like Conley and, and fit into that I think young it's a team. Terrible You're not idea. paying for anybody else. I don't think it's a terrible deal at all. I think it's not a bad idea at all. Um, I think there are three teams. There are three teams who need point guards desperately. It's Phoenix, Orlando, and New York. And none of those teams, like Mike Conley doesn't fit the timeline of any of those teams. None. No, because they're so all like at that point, At that point, yeah, at that point it's like, who can we swap as far as point guards? Um, you know, who, who else has like an overpaid point guard? Um, and then you're still taking back like an overpaid point guard. Do you, you, you think like maybe the – I don't know, the fucking uh, – the, the Heat would want Conley um, for, like, Drogic and some cap filler. I, I doubt it. I, I just don't see it. I don't know. It. They, they I like I Justice Winslow right now. <laughs> right. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't – I like, it's not that I think he's an untradeable contract. It's that I think there aren't – not there aren't the There aren't the teams that a player like that – um, that are in the position to utilize a player like that is, is my point. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm just saying it's. I don't think if there was a spot, I could. I think that would make the move probably the Suns make the most sense. Make it able obviously absorb it. I don't think it'd be a bad spot for him. But I think the Suns need a vet soon. Like right now, they have a lot of good young pieces. Ariza sure. was not that piece. You know what I mean? But they're gonna need a vet soon to make that extra leap because right now they have a young center, they have a young shooting guard. They have T.J. Warren, which I'm not – he's either 3-4. I'm not sure what he is, he's, but he's a good wing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have Josh Jackson. They hope he becomes better than what he is right now. Uh, and then everything else is, like, up in the air. McCall Bridges, uh, he's good so far, but he's still young. He's a rookie. And then you got Anthony Melton, who's just at the moment just a stopgap point guard. They drafted a Kobo. Yeah. They don't know what he's going to be in. A lot of, a lot of question marks. I like that. A lot I of question marks. 
That's what he is <laughs> for the moment. Yeah, no, and then you I, have, I like it. <laughs> um, especially for the Suns, who it's just that's what it is right now. Um, but look, Mark Gasol is going to be the easiest get to move. Move Gasol, and look, Celtics not a bad spot for him. The Lakers wouldn't be a bad spot for him. I mean, there's a couple good places for him, and uh, I think it's about time. Like Mark has to move on from Memphis. He's been there for like ever, <laughs> so. Hey, Memphis can go. Jan Jackson can be the focus now at the big man spot. Uh, they can move forward with him and whoever else they want to bring in uh, to, to to help like rebuild the Memphis Grizzlies. And, and if they even stay in Memphis for the long term, you never know. Very true. Uh, I I'll throw one other uh, possibility out there. I I think maybe Toronto says we'll give up Yaka Portal. Um, uh, and I'm sorry, not Jakob. They don't. They're about to say they don't have um, uh, <laughs> That other guy, uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, we'll ah, give up Valanciunas, who's like 25. He's young. He saw his potential. Yeah. Um, and like you know, some cap fill, maybe like a Norman Powell. Um, and uh, you know, a couple seconds. I mean, I don't think you get a first in that. Um, simply because Jakob Portal is uh, Portal. Uh, simply because Yal- yeah, Valanciunas is, is, is young and still like reasonably good, uh, you know, I, I I don't think you would get enough out of that deal if you're Memphis. Um, I just think that that's a deal that could be on the table. Ultimately, like I still I still think the Celtics um, make the most sense, but I understand um, you know where Luke is coming from. Like like essentially like. Keep all your picks and 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 bank on um, uh, getting uh, uh, AD at the end of the season um, in the all off right. season because that's you know obviously what they ultimately want to do. Uh, but we'll yeah. you know we'll see how it all uh, kind of shakes out. AD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right, let's let's get into some Celtics drama. Uh, after decimating the Pacers, and they did, they fucking kicked the shit out of the Pacers. It was. It was a bloodbath. Uh, but the Celtics, after that point, have lost three straight uh, to the Heat, Magic, and Nets. During the span, Marcus Morris was seen, like, shoving Jalen Brown in a timeout, and Kyrie Irving was visibly upset, uh, you know, both on the bench. And, like, after Tatum's um, shot that, you know, they lost the game with um, in, the, in in that loss against Orlando, um, yeah, I mean, Kyrie was not happy. He had some kind of chosen words in the um, uh, post-game interview. Like, Luke, are you are you worried at all? Like, are, do do you feel like your 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 team is in trouble, um, or do you just feel like this is, um, you know, just just par for the course? Like, you know, they're they're, you know, gonna this is just like a a, a down spot in the wave of of how teams go, and they're going to kind of rebound from this. No, yeah, I mean, I haven't hit the full panic button on my team. I knew we were going to run into these troubles. But like I said to you guys, we've hit an all-time season low. It's um, This could be the lowest part of our season right now. I hope we've learned something out of it. We definitely come out of it as a better team. I mean, everyone had a you know good reason to get up in arms with me uh, the play that you're indicating with Kyrie that um, we kind of looked mad and then he kind of like called out Stevens and 
Hayward at the end of the game and kind of, like, looked at him, like, did you really think this is a good play? Just because I don't think, you know, he kind of just drew it up. I mean, or Hayward gave Tyree time to do anything to even attempt to get the ball. So, this frustration, everyone, but I just knew it was going to happen. I mean, we need to play better uh, and go back to the team ball and everyone do it. And we need to realize that we have the target on our back and we're not the ones that are going to take the target, you know, like – going after the the other team. LeBron's gone, so it, it kind of put a lot of pressure on us this season, so every team's giving their best, but we definitely hit a, an all-time low. I mean, all-star break's going to be key for us. I think that'll be a big thing, too, once we can get away and all that and definitely come back. I, I feel like we'll definitely play well in the second half just right now. Um, just a lot of things just not going our way. I mean, the other game when we lost to the Nets for the third game in a row, I mean, yes, we didn't have Kyrie and all that, but some of our young guys and all that that could have showed up. I mean, Brown and, and Tatum definitely had a big game, but Rozier, you know, it's your time to kind of like show out. He didn't have the greatest of games and all that. Horford still having a down game. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we're going to have to, you know, move past and all that, but I'm not worried about it, but this is our, probably our season low. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I'm not ultimately that worried about it. I I do feel like I, at the very least, I would say my um, expectation that Kyrie will resign um, is after seeing that was just at least a little more in jeopardy. I think I I sent to y'all because I at, at at one point recently. Um, said, like, I'm 99% sure he's going to resign. I said, I, maybe I should drop to 85. I, 85 mm-hmm. would be a, a, a little much. I, I think maybe I should drop to, like, 95. Because, um, I mean, I still think he's going to resign with them. Um, it's just like, where, where, where can you go, like, sign and you, and you have so many assets at your disposal and you're going to, like, be able to win? Um, and, and, like, I don't know. I I think I think you guys are gonna keep him, and I ultimately think you're either even if you don't get uh, Anthony Davis, like there's going to be another guy who hits the market eventually that you're going to be able to secure, um, and you know the Celtics are gonna be fine. Like that, <laughs> they have too many assets. Um, not to be, and you know, Danny Ainge is, is too much of a wizard um, as far as GMing uh, for them not to be. So I, I'm not too concerned. I, I long term, anyway, I, I, I am concerned a little bit about them this season, uh, just because they do seem to be somewhat dysfunctional, uh, and that is problematic. And but what's weird is like so many teams seem to be so dysfunctional this season more than usual. Like you know we we kind of expected the Wizards to be like this, um, but like we didn't expect like the Wizards, the Sixers, the Celtics, um, like uh, the the Lakers, uh, Utah, the, the, Utah. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of teams out there that are just. Uh, New Orleans, like there's, there's just so many teams out there that have just been like really kind of dysfunctional and, and, and 
don't seem to be um, meeting expectations. Okay. And and you know to that to that um, uh, 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 standard, like we have a lot of teams surpassing expectations, whether it be um, the Kings or the Nets or you know what have you. Um, so like maybe that has a lot to do with it. Maybe we, they just, these young we just underestimated these young teams so much, um, and they're out there winning games, and you know, yeah, eventually they beat these teams, and like, you know, they end up pissing off uh, these these uh, established teams that are they, you know think that you know they have um, I guess free reign to uh, be who they are. Uh, but anyway, um, Joel. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this whole matter? Um, are you, you know, at all concerned? Well, I shouldn't ask you if you're concerned for the Sixer or for the Celtics, because of course you're not. <laughs> um, uh, are you? Uh, do you think the Celtics should be worried uh, at all, given um, their last few games, losing to the Heat, Magic, and Nets? Well, what they should do is put them sirens on and abandon ship, sell, sell, sell very high, get start all over again. It was, it was a good run. <laughs> Reboot time. No, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about Celtics at all. Uh, they'll be okay. Um, they're gonna be. They're they're always one of those teams that gets in those little hitty fits and. And they'll just come back and, and fight through it, and that's just what they are. They always have been. Um, it's just, it, it it's just, it is what it is. Like I don't expect Kyrie to leave, but I've never been 100 percent sold. He's he's even sold on the uh, on staying there long term. But at the same time, why would you leave that situation? It just doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> right. Like logically, it doesn't make sense. My heart says otherwise. My heart says that he doesn't care about logic. Which he doesn't. He believes the world is flat. So I hate when people tell me he's my guy. I'm like, right. like, don't don't give me that this guy's rational. He's not rational. So don't. He's not no. He's not a normal person. He will do the opposite of what you're thinking just to spite you. He will do it. He looks like that kind of guy. So don't tell him he won't do it because he might just do it to spite everybody. Um, but yeah, I'm not worried about this. Nobody does just fine. The kids are just learning how to adjust to their new roles. Gordon Hayward is just coming back into form. Uh, they've been dealing with injuries. Orford hasn't really been 100% all year. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of different, uh, a lot of moving parts, and they just haven't gelled well enough. And but they'll, they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it was down to. Ultimately, they will be fine. Um, and when they get into the playoffs, we'll see how everything shakes out. But, like, you put that amount of talent in Brad Stevens in a seven-game series, it's one thing for him to have to, like, coach against teams night to night. You put him in a seven-game series. Um, he's the kind of coach who's going to probably come out on top. Just saying. Uh, but anyway, uh, Luke, you have anything to add? Because this is your team before we move on. No, I mean, <laughs> no, no, no we got. Uh, unfortunately, we got a lot of uh, things that even if we were to dump a lot of things, we'd still be good. But uh, no, like I'm saying, I'm not worried. Um, you know, and now this is at the end of the season, we only have like a couple of like down to 15 games left. Yes, I'm going to be concerned. But like I said, once we hit all-star break, get away from each other and all that, I think we'll be just fine. Hey, Luke, 
um, if if you do remain in the four or five seed, who would you rather play? Uh, the Sixers or the Pacers in the first round? Sixers. Oh, I know that answer. Sixers all day. I knew it. I knew it. I think we got Sixers, think, we got Sixers think, uh, all day, every day. Indiana plays too I, good. I think I think uh, the Sixers should definitely be like fighting as hard as they possibly can for that third seed because they do not want to fucking play Boston in the first round. That would suck for them. Um, like, maybe they yep. pull it out. Who knows? It's possible. But, like, God, would you rather play, like, Boston or or Indiana? Or, you know, would you rather play fucking Brooklyn or, you know, whoever's in the sixth seed, uh, Miami or whatever? Like, yeah. That did, yeah. I... <laughs> I, I knew the answer to that question, but I, I had to pose it anyway. Uh, all right, let's move on. We got about twenty-four minutes left. Um, let's uh, talk about the DSJ situation. So, according to Woj, the Dallas Mavericks are escalating discussions to find a trade for Dennis Smith Jr. Orlando and Phoenix are in talks, which of course makes sense. Both teams need point guards. Um, DHA has set out the last three games with a sore back, according to the Mavericks. Joel, what are your thoughts on this situation? And, I mean, do you think that this is smart for Dallas to try and move on from DSJ, given what they have from Luka? Um, and and maybe they don't see the two of those players, you know, ultimately working well together um, side-by-side long-term. Um, and, you know, what would you think, uh, I mean, if you have in mind, uh, you know, what kind of, what kind of package would you be looking for if you're the Mavericks? Obviously you want to package any type of package from New York. You want any package they offer for it now playing. I don't, I don't know really for, what would you, what would you do? That's a good question. Um, uh, I think it's disheartening if you're a Dallas Maverick fan because you drafted him last year. He had a good rookie year. You thought you had a good mm-hmm. pick. You had another young player to put next to your stud rookie from this year. And you're like, okay, we got our backcourt set for the fucking next 20 years or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and so you thought you were good. And then I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> Luka was too good. And they're like, no, we don't need this fucking guy. He's a pain in the ass. So let's trade his ass. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. Is it is it more than just, are they just not getting along? Because that just seems weird to me. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, that is it his attitude? Does he have an attitude issue that I don't know about? I didn't know DSA had an attitude I, problem. I think it's just Luka... Like, essentially, Luca's a point guard on offense and and controls yeah. the ball so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, and 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 it, it, that doesn't mold. That doesn't like gel well with with what DSJ does. You know. Right. No. I, I, and you're right. He's an athletic point guard and he needs the ball. And it's. Sad. I think it's just sad because you know. Last year, I mean, like I just explained. Like, uh, well, what I was trying to say is, like, 
I just believe it, you had a good situation, and now you got to look to hopefully uh, adjust. And it's like, what would he do? Do you go and get a point guard that compliments him? Do you get an off guard? Do you get like, do you get something else completely, and you just use Luca as like as your point guard going forward? Is that what you want to do? Like, I, I I don't know. I really don't. Depends on what Dallas has planned going forward. Do they want to compete? Do they want to keep? You know, you know, he was part of the rebuilding process. You know, that I thought that was the whole point. Um, but maybe they do want to make another push, so they maybe I don't know. Maybe they use DSA to get a better veteran. I don't. I really don't know what. Uh, like you, you threw out the whole thing. Look, I know it's just me being a homer, but the idea of getting Frank Nilakina and Tim Hardaway Jr. adds to this team. You know, you get a, a score in Timmy, and you got a point guard that more or less complements Frank. I mean, uh, Luca a little better. He doesn't need the ball. Yeah. He plays off the ball. Can defend off the ball. Could do a little bit of everything. He's just not very good. Can defend multiple <laughs> positions. Right. He could defend one through four at the very least. And because he's yeah. long. <laughs> very long. And he's 6'6 six, yeah. six now. He was 6'5 last year. So it it just, I don't know. I I, I really don't know. It's, it's just, I think it's a sad situation. I like I like Dennis and Stream. And I think it's making him look bad right now. It's not a good look for him. So they're looking to trade him in the second year. Yeah, and and I feel like again it, it only speaks to you know my trade proposal that you brought up. Like I mean I I I feel like that would make a lot of sense for both teams involved. Um, as far as the Suns, I mean I guess like a, a Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr. type of trade straight up. Um, Maybe makes some sense. Um, you know, I mean, at least you you could play. I guess you could play Josh Jackson as like a, um, a, a like defensively um, in any sort of position one through three, and um, you know because Luca plays the the like this point forward kind of role, um, you, you get by with that. Um, but like he can't shoot. So like that, I don't know that, that that kind of doesn't work in my opinion. I mean, maybe maybe you bank on that you can you can make him be able to shoot uh, in the next couple seasons. It's one of the big reasons why I never really bought into the I, I guess the Markel Fultz for Josh Jackson trade um, because like I mean Fultz is hurt and you know maybe he never becomes anything good but like if you trade him now for um uh for Josh Jackson like if you're the Sixers like Jackson can't shoot I don't think he's ever really going to be able to shoot <laughs> like maybe I don't know but like he has never been able to shoot whereas Mark Holt in the past has been so like I don't know if that's like a good move for them same same thing here like I I I just don't I don't know if that's like the best move for you if you're if you're the Mavs, um, and then as far as the Magic, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like, see if I could get like Jonathan Isaac, like, sure, like that would be cool. But like, I don't think the Magic are gonna give up Jonathan Isaac. Um, they, I mean, they would be stupid to do so. Um, so like at that point, like, who are you getting back that makes sense? just don't see it. I don't see, like, maybe you could get some kind of combination of picks and Terrence Ross. I don't know that that's going to be enough. 
to to move the needle there. But like again, this is why it's so hard. It's the same thing with Mike Connolly. This is why it's so hard to move a point guard. They don't really have that much value to other teams. They have value to your team because of what they do, but they don't have value to other teams because there's so many fucking point guards in the league. No one is going to give you a lot of draft capital or assets as it pertains to a point guard. They're just not going to do it, which is why, um, essentially, I want my Hawks to just draft wings. Like, don't even – not like – I like Bo Bo, and if he drops to, you know, the Mavs pick, maybe I would consider taking him. But, like, if he doesn't, like, great, whatever. Like, it just leaves another wing available. But, like, I, even if he does, I might just be like Bo Bo or DeAndre Hunter. Like, I'm just going to take DeAndre Hunter because he's a wing and, like, he's valuable. Um, if nothing else, he's valuable. Um, and and that's the that's the way the league is now because we have all every team, virtually every team has a center um, who is you know reasonably good, um, minus maybe the Lakers, uh, but like of course given their trade situation they don't want anybody who's not an expiring contract and like twenty seven out of the thirty teams in the league have a point guard that they you know, like, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's going to be a very good market for him, but, uh, we'll see how it all plays out, um, let's, uh, let's get into these last, let's see if we can squeeze in our all-star starters, uh, here, Joel, uh, sure. Capella will miss four to six weeks with thumb injury, Obviously, this sucks for the Rockets. They need to make a trade. They need to acquire a wing player. Maybe they can acquire um, a center as well. Um, I I think m- maybe uh, if they add some kind of extra incentive, the Hawks would not only be willing to give up Bazemore, but they could also give him Alex Lynn. He's making like four and a half million dollars. They could work that out with the with the um uh salary that the the Rockets have. Um I I, I wish they could work out Deadman, but I, I I don't see figuring out that salary. I don't I don't, I don't see that it makes sense. Um but like maybe that's a deal. Um and then you, you know you could run them uh, but, uh, you know, as far as what do you think that the Rockets need to do given this Clint Capella injury? Do you think they need to trade for a center or um, just keep their eyes on, you know, what they need to do overall to improve their roster and not, you know, be prisoners of the moment, you know, through their injury? But, they might have to because that's yeah. a big loss. Uh, I mentioned it's that. A big loss. Um, and here's the thing with fucking D'Antoni. If none of the bigs are already in the fucking rotation, he's going to play T.J. Tucker at center. He's fucking going to do it. I don't want to see that. So please trade for someone that's actually going to play. I, I really don't want to see a 6'6 six, six setter out there. He'll do it. Do not t- do not test him. We played Nene, I think, like three minutes yesterday. 
That's what he does. He'll do it. He'll play all, everybody wing, all wing. Uh, it's just, and I hate saying it that way because I don't think it's effective. He's lucky James Harden is as good as he is right now because that's just not going to work there for every team. Luckily, Memphis is, like, free-falling. Um, but, yeah, they may have to go out there and get a big. They have bigs on the roster. He refuses to play them. I don't know if they just – are they not good? Are they really that not – like, I thought Marcus Chris was really good and nothing. And then you have uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. Don't really use them. They play him a couple minutes. Maybe they'll get more minutes as time goes by because they, you know, by necessity. And then and Nene's getting old. You can't use Nene like you used to. And right. maybe by necessity they'll get minutes, but they may have to trade to get someone more, you know, effective. And there are there are bigs available. Like I got Cannon on my team. He's available if you need him for the right place. I got you. <laughs> um, and then you got other bigs out there. Yeah, there that ain't happening. I'm just saying he's out there. I'm just throwing out options. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, they ain't got the pieces to trade for him that you would oh, want. Oh, and guess what else they did? Their starter, what? Daniel House Jr., their small four. He's been starting at small yeah. four and playing well. They yeah. did not come to an agreement uh, on a uh, contract. So he's now stuck on his two-way contract going back to the Vipers, and they're going to probably have to sign a 10-day guy. So you lost another starter, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, uh, maybe. All right. Well, let's hope Daniel Morley can turn it around and, uh, uh, you know, make his play for a GM of the year. But yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. That yeah, that ain't looking good right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, I I kind of agree with you. I, I I think they might have to make a move. They definitely need to be playing Chris more. Um and we'll see how you know that kind of plays out. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean he can obviously play the five. He's athletic. Um and mm-hmm. like just just put guys around him who can like direct him and, and put him where he needs to be. You know, like Peter right. Tucker, one of the most like experienced players in the league, um, like he should be able to like be like, yo, like Mo Chris, like get mm-hmm. there, be there, here, there, right? Like you know, and I get it. It's more that like Tucker has to do, and maybe like that, that pulls away from what he does. But like ultimately, like if it if it boils down to winning games, like I think he's willing to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I think they should focus on getting a wing. But if they can get a center to. Um, that, that you know, in the meantime, might be good for him, especially because like, dude, it's not a guarantee that you're gonna make the playoffs. Like, if it was a guarantee you were gonna make the playoffs, like, sure, fine, like, forego like getting the center. But like, if if Capella's gone for six weeks, like, damn, you might go on some kind of losing spell because that dude means a lot to your team. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, anyway, we'll see how it all plays out, but, uh, it's, it, it, it's probably going to be a little bit rough for the Rockets and like, I can't imagine asking Harden to do any more. The, the, the only recourse is that I, I feel like CP3 is coming back relatively soon. Uh, oh, good. So, like, <laughs> maybe that helps. Um, but like, I, I tell you one thing. I heard somebody 
throw out the notion of um, P.J. Tucker playing small ball center. And I was just like, bruh. Yeah. Like, did you say that? Yeah, I just said that. I'm like, he's going to do okay, it. Okay, Don't let D'Antoni, okay. he will do it. <laughs> no, that, but that's a terrible idea. Like, okay, I know, you said but it, he they, will do it. He will do it, but that's a, such a bad idea. Like, that dude is six foot six. Like, I know, whoa. but he's played okay. six six before. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I I think Zion Williamson Williamson should be uh the the pick for the Hawks and I think we should play him at uh center. And he is six six. Six five, six seven. He's in that range. That you, no one knows his his exact height right now. But like he's in that right. range. Um and he's, he's you know, a, a little bit a good bit bigger than, than Peter Tucker, but whatever. Um, right. But, like, he's got, like, those mad-ups, like, uh, out-jumping, like, vert machines and all kinds of shit. Like, had, but, like, yeah, dude, but, like, still, like, seriously, i got to send you this video. Like, J- uh, Jason Williams, like, talking about him, like, out-jumping a vert machine and, like, them putting, like, <laughs> weights under it and then stacking the, like, vert machine on top of the weights and then him, him out-jumping that uh, it's crazy, uh, but yeah. uh, and to like, think he's so, probably going to skip the the measurement shit for the draft. Well, whatever. That's, that's, I really uh, want to see know. those numbers. I don't know. He might. I I, I, I don't. He might, but I don't know. I, I think he might do it just just like show off. Um, show but off. Anyway, he should. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 anyway, like I so like I I don't want to be like. I don't want anybody to be like, yeah, but you said this, and now you're saying that, like, kind of thing. Uh, but, like, P.J. Tucker's old as shit, and he, he ain't jumping high at all. Um, no, he yeah. should definitely not not be a center. He is not, not, no. not good. Um, not at all. But we'll see. We'll see what uh, Dan Tooney chooses to do. All right, six minutes. All-star starters. <laughs> Western Conference, who you got? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I have, uh, last time I checked, Steph Curry, James Harden, yep. Bron James, Kevin Durant, and uh, – uh, oh, Anthony Davis. That, that was, that was, those are my starters the last time I, I did my list for the Western Conference. All right. How well, did, I'm going to – I'm going to – I got a couple uh, – I'm gonna just disagree with you on a couple of these. I got That's fine. Uh, Those are all obvious. <laughs> I got I got yes, but I got I got Seth and James. Like I'm I'm totally cool with those. Uh I got Paul George. Yeah, I because, can't that. Yeah, like Paul George is fucking balling out, dude. He should be first team all NBA and all like uh, the fucking defensive player of the year. Like he's he's just been crazy good. Um I I'll take KD because um, he has played um, pretty much every game this season. So, yes, despite the fact that I think LeBron is still the best player in the NBA and I can differentiate these things, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I just don't feel like he's had the best season, that one of the two best seasons of the forwards. 
um, available uh, for picking. Um, and as you know, Joel, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna like say I'm gonna pick, uh, you know, Paul George, uh, uh, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James because I feel like we I should hate, pick center. I hate that. I hate to see yeah, you understand. I'm right My there with you. My hate for that front court at bullshit. Least, oh. At least pick one center. Like, at uh, least, one... like last year, the Eastern Conference, like all-stars, they had no centers. Uh-huh. No centers on their team. Like, yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is this? This is bullshit. Um, stupid. But, uh, so but stupid. anyway, um, yeah. I'm going to pick Jokic. I'm picking Jokic over, uh, over Davis. Like, yeah, I mean, dude, it's, it, his team is the first uh, fucking number one overall team in the West. Like, that's no small feat. Um, he, he's a big reason why. Uh, his, his stats are, are just crazy good. Um, to shoot the three, like, is an assist machine. Um, and his defense has gotten a lot better this year. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons. Obviously, like, Anthony Davis is it a better overall player, but, like, I just feel like given all of the the circumstance, I feel like Jokic probably deserves the, the starting position slightly, just slightly over Anthony Davis, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, that's mine. Um, uh, so, again, like, Steph, uh, Harden, um, uh, KD, uh, Paul George and uh, Jokic. All right, uh, Eastern Conference. Who you got? Eastern Conference a little bit different than most people's apparently. <laughs> I had uh, I had Kemba Walker. I had uh, Victor Oladipo. I nice. had uh, yeah, yeah, I had Oladipo. Um, my forwards or my front court, as I say, obviously Joel Embiid as my my center. Uh, I got, I believe, is Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously number one, and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think those are probably the most obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the only the only difference I have with you is I would put um, Kyrie over uh, Kimba. And I would have done it earlier this season, but the way Kyrie has kind of, like, yeah. started to, like, turn on the the Jets later, um, I guess the last half of the first half of the season. Um, I, I mean, I think he's he's really starting to turn it on. Uh, and the fact that, you know, Charlotte's kind of started to struggle a, a little bit down the stretch. Yeah. I, I, but, like, he yeah, ultimately. Like, if he struggles, yeah. they struggle. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, um, and he and he hasn't been like crazy good like he was at the beginning of the season. Um, right. So yeah, so I, I I would go Kyrie, Victor, um, which I'm I'm props that you got him. Like a lot of people have been saying he hadn't played enough games. I don't to me I don't think he's missed enough games to like like really yeah. like persuade me to pick otherwise. And like I like to have like. It's just the traditional sense in me. Like I don't want to have two. I don't want to have two point guards. Point guard. I want. Yeah, I That's want to have exactly a point guard and a shooting guard. And like he's the best a, shooting guard in the East. I mean, he's that's the, the best that's shooting guard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So so I ain't, I ain't picking uh, Kyrie people. and Kimba. Like, I don't want to have two point guards. <laughs> I want to have a shooting guard. So like there you yep, go. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, and then yeah, like I, everything else is the same. Uh, Embiid, sure. Um, uh, uh, Giannis and uh, um, Kawhi. Like yeah, totally. Like that's uh, that's. Got to be my one. picks for that. <laughs> but yeah, we're, I mean, we're yeah. pretty close. We got uh, 80% of the same picks. Um, so, for hey, at the very least, I like the fact that we had 20% um, disagreement, which is probably better than uh, what we had the other night when we were doing our uh, – <laughs> 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 Our fucking our fucking picks for our, our uh, second quarter awards. That was that was the worst shit ever, dude. I, mean, I can't believe every one of us agreed on so many picks. It was it was rough. It is uh, what anyway. it is. Sometimes great minds, man. Great minds. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. But uh, hey, we're gonna see y'all next week. Uh, until then, uh, peace out. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain maybe you think they're just part of getting older but many health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.